Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 44 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, how are you? What's going on? I'm good, man. Just beat the thunderstorm today. Mm -hmm. We got a little bit of rest. We just, as you know, had the two-game series. For the last time in Toronto ever, we got to see one of the best players we've had the pleasure of seeing in our generation, Albert Pujols, man. What a treat to watch him. I hate that he killed us in game two, but you know what? Round of applause. Big on Albert. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I feel I feel I feel fine about that one loss. The Jays have been performing great, man. I'm mm-hmm. sure you can agree with that. Our viewers can agree with that, man. It's feeling good going into this weekend, man. I mean, I feel good about this. I think the club's feeling pretty good, man. It should be good. Yeah, today on the show, we're going to recap that mini two-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals. We're going to talk about things that some caught our eye in the series. Plus, we've got to talk about the renovations that are going through the Rogers Center, which announced today. I know you and I are both really excited about that. And then with the trade deadline fast approaching, it's Tuesday at 6 p.m. You and I are going to go through some of our favorite trade targets here and see if we can uh, strike a deal for the Toronto Blue Jays and see if they can make something happen here. Um, but we'll get through their series recaps pretty quickly. Game one of this series against the Cardinals, the Jays won that game 10-3. to This was Buck Martinez's first game back in the booth. And let me tell you, Riley, it was so great to have Buck Martinez back in the booth here, seeing the calls again. Vladdy got us off to a hot start with a home run in the first. Jays were tied at three until the six until George Springer broke it open with a grand slam in the sixth inning. Alejandro Kirk went deep in this game as well. And game two, this is the one we lost. This is the one where Albert Pujols kind of tore us up a bit. The Jays lost this one six to one. The Blue Jays' seven-game winning streak comes to an end. Gosman gave up eight hits over four and two-thirds innings, and the Jays can only muster five hits total off Adam Wainwright and company. So as things stand after that series, the Jays are 54 and 44. We're in the top wildcard spot. We're half a game up on Seattle and a game ahead of Tampa Bay. And I think we're three and a half over Cleveland for the one to get out of the playoffs there. So Jays are in a good spot. They've been playing well. How are we feeling after this series? We're feeling pretty good, man. I think the biggest plus um, to take away from that is the return of Buck Martinez. Yeah, you're cutting in and out there, man. I mean, uh, you can't bypass that. You got to feel good about that. If you're a Jays fan, if you're a fan of baseball, uh, he's obviously a big member of this team. Mm-hmm. Oh, Buck Martinez is a big part of this team and this organization. Ex-player, ex-man is in all of baseball, man. He's he's a great guy to have back, and I love that he's back. Um, and I'm um, still on the recovery, obviously, but uh, that's one of the best takeaways from this for me. Yeah, we'll give him an honorary thumbs up. It's so glad to see Buck Martinez back. And boy, you could just tell he sounded like energetic, ready to go. You could tell he heard the warm wishes from all the fans and stuff. So it just feels right that Blue Jays baseball with Buck Martinez on the call here. Um, Another thumbs up I wanted to give, like George Springer hit that grand slam there. He's been incredibly clutch this series. His grand slam in game one was the game-changing moment. Now, we've talked in previous episodes how there's maybe some under-the-hood stats with George Springer, how we thought maybe he could be in a decline, but he's not there yet. He's still really, really good. He's got 18 home runs, 10 stolen bases, and a 2.5 war so far this year. Even though he's been getting a few more off days, he hasn't been playing as much. The Jays have been moving him to right field a little bit more this year. George Springer is still an absolutely huge part of this team, and yeah, maybe he's passed his peak a little bit, but he's still a really good player and so glad to have him here. I mean, what can you say, man? One of the best power leadoff hitters in MLB history, and he fits just fine in with this team. And I was watching a little tidbit, uh, a little snippet, a um, little conversation with George, and um, an absolutely outstanding gentleman, prof- professional ball player, and mm-hmm. 
One thing you didn't mention about that that I've loved watching this year, he's made the highlight reel, I feel like, every two weeks. Yeah. I mean, everything you could want in a center fielder, plus, man, with that power. Mm -hmm. Ben and Key Cog at the top of the lineup, and like I've said it before and I'll say it again, I don't know where this team would be without the production that George Springer is getting on. But another outfielder on this team who has been providing great production lately is uh, Rymel Tapia. Riley, do you remember early in this year when you and I would sit here and we talk about Rymel Tapia and be like, the Blue Jays need to do more. This guy's been terrible. This guy can't do it. This guy can't cut it. Well, I think he heard us, Riley, and he's uh, kicked it up into another gear here. And we got to give credit where credit's due. For the month of July, Rymel Tapia is hitting 409, 422, 659 with 14 of his 35 RBIs coming this month. And look, I'm given a thought here, and I wonder if the recent stretch of Rymel Tapia and being a good left-hand outfielder and how he's playing well might actually influence this team at the trade deadline here as we try to get to someone. A little spoilers for that a little bit later. But uh, and let's not forget either that uh, Randall Gritchick, the guy we traded for him, is having the worst year of his career. He's hitting 249, 295, 394, and only nine home runs on this year. So safe to say the Blue Jays won this trade. And uh, yeah, especially with Rymel Tapia heating up the way he is. And especially that's a double worse for Gritchick because he's playing in Coors Field. So you think the inflation of his stats from from the high uh, high altitude, what would he be without that? Yeah, you know, exactly. cut a little cut, cut, uh, cut 20 points off his average. Maybe. I don't know, Jesse. Yeah, we gave this guy a little heck at the start of the year. And I mean, why wouldn't you? He's I had I had a lot of faith in him and he didn't show that right off the start start which i was a little surprised at um but yeah he's finally heating up uh wasn't an all-star this year but uh clearly um an all hair team this year absolutely um, great yeah. great locks on the guy i love the left lefty and um not a traditional guy to hit at the top of the order but if we ever needed him to do that and he has this year i mean it is what it is but for right to see, and he's performed when he's come up to the plate. Yep, he's done his job. Another guy who has done this job is Jimmy Garcia out of the pen, which you've seen a lot about on Twitter about the performance Jimmy Garcia has had. He's had two blowups this year. But aside from those two blowups, he's been really, really good. I think it's only five earned runs at the course of the year. And even with his two blowups, his ERA still in the mid twos. Like Jimmy Garcia has pretty much glorified himself as he's the setup man on this roster that's going to pitch before Jordan Romano. And when the Blue Jays get into the playoffs and they have these uh, these big moments, Jimmy Garcia is going to be a very important member of this team, a guy we're going to talk about more in the playoffs, and he's going to get really big outs for us down the stretch. So Jimmy Garcia might be an X factor on this bullpen and is going to be a big reason if the Blue Jays uh, achieve what we want to achieve going into the postseason and down the stretch here. I think that was one of our uh, our our scouts for the show. That was a uh, that was a Josh Arnold mm -hmm. inspired thumbs up right there. We watched, uh, Jesse and I both received a DM, um, another podcast talk about uh, Jimmy Garcia, and yeah. I mean, I've been pretty hard on him. I didn't value him that much. But when you read the actual bare bones numbers and take away some of the subpar performances, like he's lights out. Mm -hmm. And you can't even look past that, man. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Garcia has been a guy for us this year. And to give credit where credit is due, I, I mean, he's done it up to this point with the exception of a couple of appearances. And I think he continues to do that. Yeah, I'm with you on the board 100%. The Jays are actually going to need to find more relief arms to uh, go with Jimmy Garcia in this bullpen, but we'll get to that a little bit later here. I do want to touch on the performance that Kevin Gosman had yesterday afternoon. Uh, he was fine against the Cardinals, but nothing great. The thing is, he gave up eight more hits, and he couldn't even get through the fifth inning. And Like, Riley, can you take a stab in the dark and try to guess what Kevin Gosman's BABIP is this year? Oh. 
about whatever number you think it is, it's higher than that. He is the 375 Babbitt. It's, it's the worst in baseball by quite a bit. And honestly, Babbitt just says it's kind of bad luck. Just the balls he's giving up are finding holes. It's not like they're leaving the bat with crazy exit velocities or anything like that either. It's the Jays just need to get lucky. I don't know. We've tried shifting the defense behind him, maybe not shifting as much to try to play a more straightaway defense to turn some of these balls that Kevin Gosman's giving up into outs. But yeah, the problem right now just seems to be too many guys are just getting hits and they're getting these soft singles. And then Kevin Gosman can't go deep into these games and his swinging strike rate is still the best. He still gets more swings and misses out of the zone than any other pitcher in baseball. So yeah, I don't know what else to tell you, except it's just like bad luck here. And that Kevin Gosman is going to be even better the second half of the season. Yeah, so I, uh, I finally tuned back into you there yeah. uh, most of the way. Hey, Jesse, what, what's the call? Give me that whip number again. I heard the Babbitt, but I'd like to hear that whip again. Um, I don't know the whip, but the Babbitt I have is at 375. I can look up the whip real quick here. Yeah, I'm sure that number is, is higher than you would expect too but that's another guy kevin gosman is another guy where a couple starts have hindered him and this would be one of those starts against st louis where i mean it's grown a little he started the year as hot as he did and i think the numbers have just kind of inflated just a little bit you know kind of walking up the ladder from there but that being said like you just said i think that he's gonna have a killer second half i mean the laws of averages which is the sport of baseball says he has to and i'm a firm believer in that too i mean this is a guy who should have you know around a 3.5 era for us to end the year and i think 15 wins is not is not a stretch with the ball club we have yeah, the whip right now is one three two, which is leaps and bounds mm. higher than he's had since he left baltimore honestly <laughs> the most it's ever been. Um, but his FIP and like some of his expected stats say he should be at like an ERA around two. Saying that Kevin Gosman should probably be in the like Shane McClanahan, Sandy Alcantara era of pitcher. So I guess just positive regression is going to come his way for Kevin Gosman. And it's going to be a big thing for us coming in the second half. Here. Laws of averages, baby. It's bound to happen. It's going to happen. All right. Let's get into the meat of the episode here. Let's get into the fun stuff here. And uh, let's talk renovations at the Blue Jays are going out through because this is the really exciting things. The Rogers Center is actually one of the more older ballparks in uh, Major League Baseball now. And we've seen, you know, other stadiums throughout the Major League Baseball kind of get their upgrades, get their dues. And the Blue Jays have talked in the past about maybe getting like natural grass in here or getting doing renovations. But uh, the addition of the flight deck they did a few years ago was probably one of the big things. But before then, they hadn't really done a lot. So they just came out today and made a big announcement that the Blue Jays are actually trying to make uh, big renovations to the Rogers Center. And if you haven't been online or checked our Twitter feed or seen it, like I would suggest going and taking a look and seeing what the Blue Jays are planning on doing. Um, the sounds are it's going to be ready for the start of the 2023 season, which makes you think they're going to be working really hard this offseason to renovate that whole Rogers Center. And it's going to be so exciting to see it next year. Riley, what are some of your uh, favorite features you're looking forward to seeing here? I mean, I like the social area, whatever you want. To, I don't know what the exact name was. It said social area. It looks like kind of a big patio. Um, mm -hmm. I'm getting some, I'm getting, what I'm thinking is that's just, I'm getting big flight deck vibes. Like, let's just have party. Let's have a party avenue, um, a flat level on the Rogers Center. I think that's great. One thing I'm like, 
definitely curious about not leaning either way is the raised bullpens. Now we talked before the show um, and I said, this is something out of a video game, like customize your own ballpark. Um, This is something that I, I haven't really noticed a whole lot in other ballparks. Obviously I think you said Anaheim has one, but other than that, this is a foreign thing to me, man. I mean, it looks cool in the, in the exaggerated photos they had. It looks very neat. Um, uh, I'm curious to see, like you, you had mentioned uh, again before the show, um, you know, hollering and, um, you know, tantalizing the players from, uh, yeah. from the opposing bullpen and letting them hear it. Well, they're going to hear you a lot, a lot better now with that uh, race bullpen. Yeah. There are some bullpens across major league, like Fenway park is one of them where you're right there in the player's face and whatnot. And you know what, Roger center, you were there, you were above them, but you couldn't really yell at them. Although I did have Diego Castillo when he was with the Rays tell me to shut up once. Cause I was screaming from uh, right center field there, but uh, now it's going to be even more exciting and exaggerate it. And we can really get in the player's head. The Blue Jays too, they're going to do like field dimension shifts. Well, right now the Blue Jays field is actually pretty symmetrical. Like it's got the same distance to the power alleys and down the lines, roughly give or take, it's mostly the same, but now there looks like they're going to raise their outfield wall heights and it's going to be not as symmetrical. It's going to have more of a, a true ballpark randomness feel to it. And so that might affect into park factors that the Blue Jays have and yada, yada and all that stuff. So I'll be excited to see what the new dimensions of Rogers center looks like after that. And there's also talk that the Blue Jays are going to cut off our foul territory. So we're going to be much closer to the game, closer to the action. And um, the Rogers center actually has the second most foul territory behind only Oakland. So it's going to be kind of cool. More of those balls, maybe more of a hitter's ballpark because now these balls that were out are now being turned into foul balls. And yeah, just as a fan, we're going to be much closer to the action, which I think is another plus that we're going to see from the Rogers Center renovations. So I was unaware of this. The Jays had the second largest foul territory in all of Mm -hmm. baseball. That so if they if they you know shade those in just a little bit if they even make if they make that even smaller to put us wherever it is on the rankings, Oakland is still like if we're the, <laughs> if foul territory is the planets of the solar system, everyone else is Earth and Mars and Venus, and <laughs> Oakland's freaking Jupiter. Right. Like their foul territory <laughs> is absolutely huge, and we're at, we're here in second, and we're probably making it. I I can't imagine too much smaller. Um. Uh, as much, and I do love uh, Oakland Coliseum. I think that park doesn't have much time left, anyways. Right. Um, as far as the dimension shift goes, Jesse, listen, when you go to watch a hockey game, you know, an NHL game, Toronto has the same size rink as the Senators and the mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens. Every every thirty, all thirty-two teams. Geez, I never thought I'd say that about hockey. <laughs> all thirty-two teams have the same exact ice surfaces. Baseball parks are like snowflakes. Not, you know, everything is, everyone is different. Not one is alike. Well, some are pretty similar and blah, blah, blah. But I like that. I do like a symmetrical park, but now a ballpark has its own identity. Like having, you know, Fenway Park famous for Pesky Pole and having the uh, the Green Monster. And even we saw at Baltimore, another team in our division shift their park. They moved left yeah, field, moved back, you know, yeah. back probably, I, I fit, 15, 20 feet or whatever it is. I think that's cool, man. Um, and I hope the Yankees get on board and move that right field wall out just a hair more, you know. They never the will. They never like will. Uh, we're, it's not about that. We're not picking on the Yankees. They're not even in today's episode. But uh, I absolutely love this change. And I'm so curious to see what's going to happen. Because as a baseball fan and love the crazy randomness of baseball, one thing being ballpark dimensions. Can't wait, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about it more as the offseason goes on, I'm sure. Uh, cool things, though, the 500-level outfield are going to be more of like a fan zone or like a party section for try to get you know more guys like us, like younger guys, the younger generation. Because going to a Blue Jays game, 
kind of feels like a party, right? And now they're going to have those sections out in the outfield, which is going to be great. The flight deck was a huge hit, and I expect they're taking off that success, and they're going to do something like that in the 500-level outfield here too, which I can't wait for. Um, yep, they need to, they need something exactly like that, and I'm sure they'll pu- pull through, man. Yeah, it sounds good. Well, let's get into the trade deadline. Our trade deadline is now on Tuesday, and the Blue Jays are going to make some moves almost guaranteed between now and then. So they haven't yet, and I'm kind of hopeful that um, as soon as we record this episode, they don't do a trade or do something drastic, but we'll talk about it if they do. So, Riley, we came up with a few ideas here. I know we've talked about in the past with some guys that Blue Jays want to acquire. I know I've mentioned David Bednar a lot. I know you've mentioned Frankie Montas a lot. And I think we're both still on the same page that the Blue Jays did get those guys. We'd still be happy with it. We'd still kind of want to see it happen, but... We got a few more, Riley. And did you want to go first or should I take the first one? Yeah, so you already said, yeah, listen, I, I I mean, it's pretty obviously obvious that I'm an Oakland A's guy. And yeah, I'm going to start mine with what you said, Frankie Montes. But I just, for those of you who don't stay up, I know Jesse's a Nighthawk and sometimes watches these games mm-hmm. out on the West Coast. And I'll only watch them if it's Oakland. But for the team he's on, he's having an absolutely terrific year. He's he's The record will lie to you. He is four and nine. His earn run rav- average is 318. Yep. And I have it right here. Probably one of the better whips in baseball, a 112 whip for Frankie Montas. Yeah. And with, um, you know, Kikuchi going back into the rotation tonight and struggling a little bit, uh, I'm kind of on board with getting Frankie Montas. I think I'd rather him to Jose Quintana or to Luis Castillo, who seem to be the other big names on the Blue Jays starting pitching front that a lot of teams are going to be going for. And plus, the thing is with Montas, his best pitch is that splitter slash changeup that he throws. And I'm thinking if he can get over here with Kevin Gosman and Kevin Gosman can throw him thing, his best pitch could probably be even better. And I just makes me think, Frankie Montas is already really good. I just think you get the two of them working together, getting the same minds, they could become even better together. And I think I'm with you that if we were to get one starting pitcher guy, I think Frankie Montas would be the one we'd go for. We don't have any or a lot of flamethrowers on this club. We hardly have any starters that throw over 95. Frankie Montas has probably the fastest two-seamer in all of baseball, and it ranges from 98 to 99 miles an hour. I don't know if he's touched 100 with the two-seam, but the guy's an absolute flamethrower. I think Frankie Montas would be – he's first of all, might be going down the list from here, but Frankie Montas is a guy, if we acquire him, he will do great things for this ball club. All right, I'm going to go on to one of my choices here. Now, Ross Atkins recently talked about – how he wants to get more swing and miss into this bullpen. He doesn't necessarily need high velocity, but he says getting swing and miss is a priority for this bullpen. And we agree with him. We've talked about that um, a little while in the past year. So what I did is I just went to fan graphs. I went through and I looked at uh, major league relievers who have a swinging strike rate over 15%. And that could be available for, via trade. And I came up with four names. So keep an, keep an ear out for these four names. Cause maybe um, one of them ends up in, uh, in blue Jay blue. Um, the one I'm thinking the most best though is Alex Lang. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's six foot three from Detroit. He's pitched to a 284 ERA this year. We'll actually see him this weekend in Detroit. So I'm hopeful they make a trade for him. And then maybe he can just stay in Toronto and he can uh, come back and doesn't have to go back to Detroit after that. His fastball will sit at about 96. He's got a slider and a changeup as well. An 18.2% walk rate. The only thing is his, he does walk a few too many batters, but you're going to get that with guys who swing and miss, right? Um, so you can kind of live and take with that. He definitely provides the swing and miss out of the bullpen. And uh, just some other names to mention who are also on this list, who I think the Blue Jays could go for. Domingo Acevedo out of Oakland's pen, Tanner Rainey out of Washington's pen, or Alexis Diaz out of Cincinnati's pen. All of them had swinging strike rates over 15% and could provide some swing and miss. And pretty had pretty cheap for what it's worth, too. Yeah. 
could never have enough bullpen arms. I like that <clears throat> thought for Detroit there, Jesse. Uh, my second one is also a situation where um, I'm I'm um, a GM and I call over to Detroit and I say, hey, I don't want Scooble pitching against me. <laughs> Send him over to our clubhouse. Uh, Tariq Scooble um, was is actually my second guy I want on this list. And um, I've never actually uh, said his full name out, out loud, I don't think, ever <laughs> when talking about baseball. He's just one of those... Guys, this is his third year in the major leagues, and so far this season, he's seven. He's seven and eight. He has a mm -hmm. three sixty three sixty seven earned run average, and he has a WHIP of one sixteen. Mm -hmm. One sixteen for a guy who's his, his third year, and we're at the part of the year where, if you're if you're consistent enough, this is where your stats sit. I think that is definitely Scooble's top thing. Is he limits base runners? He's definitely not a high strikeout guy. He's a crafty left-handed pitcher who has, I would say, the potential to go deep into ball games. I don't think there's much of a chance with that Tigers club, but um, he's an option for the Jays. I know it's another left-hander. And, you know, things with lefties for us have not worked out this year. If Scooble works out as a lefty for the Blue Jays, that would look really good. Ryu, his tender might here might be done. And Kikuchi, the Yusei Kikuchi project is definitely failed up to this point. So Scooble being a left-hander, I think a left-hander that will that's in your rotation and that can throw junk, a junk ball southpaw. And I think Scooble could be that guy for us. I don't hate the call. That definitely does seem like the Blue Jays are going to try to add starting pitching here. The thing that's really interesting with Tariq Scooble is that you said he's only in his third year in the major leagues. He's still only 25 years old. He is under team control. I don't. He's not a free agent until 2027. So it's kind of curious why Detroit would still want to move on from this guy. Now, he wasn't too great in his rookie year and his sophomore year wasn't that good. But this year has been the best year of his career so far. Um, you said his ERA was 367. Some of the expected numbers, too, are even better than that for Tariq Scooble. His uh, ground ball rate of 46.6% is, is a career high. Now, he has had some bad starts recently, and I don't know if that's just him kind of wearing down or maybe he's got an injury problem or maybe he's just not that good. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, best year of his career, lefty under team control. This has been a guy historically that the Blue Jays have gone after in trades like uh, when we traded for Robbie Ray, he had an extra year of control. When we traded for Ross Stripling, he was under team control for a long time. So I think you might be right, Riley. The Blue Jays might be interested in trying to bring this guy over. Yes. Um, I mean, and I would just say it's the perfect weekend to do something like this. It would really shake things up. We're still looking for that splash. Like you said, second half, we've been rock solid, man. We've been rock solid. One of the best teams in baseball since the All-Star break. And I think this would be a good addition. Because I think that, I mean, Montes obviously would be number one for me. But if we're going to add any lefty who's very obtainable, I, I, I think Scooble would be the guy. He would add a different element for this for this ball club right now. Well, you said we weren't going to mention the Yankees on the show, but I'm going to now because just yesterday they made a trade to acquire Andrew Benintendi, um, a guy who was not vaccinated against COVID-19. So he couldn't come here, but he just got traded to the Yankees. Sounds like he is going to be vaccinated. And there, it seems like the Blue Jays had real interest in acquiring Andrew Benintendi. So that's got me thinking then, if the Blue Jays just missed out on bringing Benintendi to this team, they must still have some real interest in trying to bring a left-handed hitting outfielder to this team, even if Rhyme Altapia is now performing at a much better level. So I got my thinking cap on and I was like, all right, what are some left-handed hitting outfielders that have put up some good numbers that the Blue Jays could go to acquire? Now, the first one that came up to my mind that you'll see some helium with the Blue Jays is Ian Happ out of Chicago because it sounds like he's definitely getting traded. They don't want him there. He's not the same type of hitter as Benintendi. He's got more kind of power in his bat. 
instead of the uh, bat to ball skills, which Andrew Benintendi had really well, which the Jays actually seem to be prioritizing now in their development. Like guys like Kirk, who can really hit the ball. Tapia is more of a contact guy, or he was before he came here. And uh, guys like that. So I really think Ian Happ might be in play. And if they don't go for him, look at names like Ben Gamble out of Pittsburgh, David Peralta, who's another big power lefty bat out of Arizona, or Yadiel Hernandez out of Washington. I think any of these four guys could be a guy that the Blue Jays end up going for. Um, but Ian Happ would be number one on my list there. And certainly having a switch hitter in your lineup is important. I think Hap is not only a lefty, but he's also a switch hitter. That might have changed. I'm not sure. But uh, he's definitely the biggest name on that list for sure. Um, yeah, a, a guy who has the potential to hit 30 home runs in a season too. Mm -hmm. Not too bad. So Riley, you had one more guy you were thinking of bringing in. What are you thinking? Yeah, so I mean, I, I like I said, going down the list, and this is plan C and it's yes, it's not the most glamorous thing, but this is if things go really bad and we don't end up making the biggest splash. I think we go to the guardians and I think we could fleece them for Zach. Please Zach. Mm, okay. Now, now please Zach is an interesting guy. He's, he's had very similar numbers throughout his whole career. And he just came off what I would be considered last year, a four, seven, three ERA and a one nineteen whip, which ERA's a little bit inflated. I think Plezak's just one of those unlucky guys where he puts up a great whip. This year, a little higher than he'd like, I'm sure, 126. But housing a 318 ERA, and I think this is the biggest kick in the butt. This is why wins and losses mean nothing. He's 2-8 and eight and still has the whip he has. I mean, if you're 2-8, and eight, I'd guess that you, you would have a 184 whip or something ridiculous like that. I mean... Wins and losses don't mean anything. I don't think the Guardians are really in a buyer's move. I think if they sell, I think we could fleece them for Zach, please, Zach, and it wouldn't hurt. I think guys like, and I like the Guardians starting pitchers. I love McKenzie and I love Quantrill, but I think if they were going to part with any of those guys, I think it would be please, Zach. I think just because he's a little older and the ceiling for guys like Cal Quantrill and McKenzie are just a little bit higher than I think they see with Zach, please, Zach. Yeah, again, not a free agent until 2026 uh, under team control at a fairly cheap deal, too. I'm not I don't love Zach, please, Zach. He hasn't been that good this year. But like you said, there are some underlying numbers that support it. He's just been giving up a lot of hard contact. The walks are up. Uh, he hasn't really been a strikeout guy since that short 2020 season. So maybe the Blue Jays could see something in there and get a fix. At least anything he'll give you probably league average innings, which honestly, that's what the Blue Jays have kind of needed at times. Just a guy to come up here and throw league average innings. So I think if we end up with Zach, please, Zach, um, something's gone wrong, or at least that's yeah. the only play that we've made. But uh yeah, another option. So let us know what you guys think. We've given you five options here. I, you know what? We could be totally wrong. I don't think Juan Soto is going to be coming to Toronto. There was a report that he's not vaccinated and he isn't planning on getting vaccinated. So I think, unfortunately, Jays fans, we can cross Juan Soto off of our list of uh, potential guys coming to Toronto. But maybe that'll help deter him away from the um, AL East or anything and whatnot. And Riley, I do want to say, the Buffalo Bisons came out with their lineup today, and in their lineup is no Gabriel Moreno or no Jordan Groshans. Now, it could be nothing, but this time of year, you don't know. Maybe the Blue Jays have something in the works revolving those prospects. So uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Wow, that's uh, very interesting. That is breaking news for me, and I'm <laughs> sure um, – I kind of know what that means. It could be, it could just fall under um, rest days for both of them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what their workloads down there are, but I mean, does it sound suspicious? Well, if this was, if, if we're sitting in May, it might not be suspicious, but as close as we are to the deadline, 
I wouldn't read too far into it, but uh, don't count anything out yet, Jesse. Yep. News and notes. Uh, Gabriel Moreno is now officially Baseball America's number one overall prospect in all of baseball. Uh, the Blue Jays have signed almost every single one of the remaining players they have drafted out of the draft. Uh, Julian Merriweather, through a bullpen session at the Player Development Complex, his next step will be to face live hitters, and then he will go on a rehab assignment. And uh, Nate Pearson, remember him? He's also uh, building back up again as he threw from 60 feet today. Uh, Joe Biagini has been released from AAA Buffalo, so he is no longer part of the uh, organization. And Yusei Kikuchi, the IL, and he will get the start tonight against the Detroit Tigers. Any major takeaways from those news and notes there, Yes. Your guy has to perform. This has got to <laughs> happen, man. I mean, it's it's well overdue. I mean, you don't – the, the amount we're paying him – He's not a guy that you just want to option down to AAA. I mean, I got him in fantasy. <clears throat> it still has him. I don't know if they changed it since I did my lineups. Yahoo Fantasy sucks at, at removing guys from the IL. I got him in, though I had to drop a pitcher, and he's still starting. Whatever. I don't even care about the fantasy thing. I'm losing pretty bad in the week I'm in. However, for being a Jays fan, the way we've played after this All-Star break... I mean, it would be pretty sad and really, honestly, disappointing if Yusei Kikuchi just goes out there and flounders. Like, and it could be a game again where we score six runs. I feel like tonight, if we score six runs, we win that ball game. I think mm -hmm. if we score five runs, we should win that ball game. Yusei Kikuchi has just got to be better. Yeah, I think the Jays are really trying to boost his confidence too. Like, he made his rehab start in Buffalo, and we talked about how. Like, you know, it wasn't, it was the same Yusei Kikuchi, a lot of walks, a lot of strikeouts, got through five innings, but the Blue Jays, um, they actually gave him Buffalo Bison's player of the week, which makes me think they're just trying to boost his confidence, make him feel a little better so he can get going there. Uh, we'll see how he performs tonight. Uh, Riley, rest of the starters for the game. Um, game two will be Alec Manoa against to be determined. We don't know who Detroit is starting game three. will be Ross Stripling against our old friend, Drew Hutchinson and game four will be Jose Barrios against Garrett Hill. Riley, a four-game weekend series against the lowly Detroit Tigers, the worst offense in baseball at our barn in Rogers Center. How are we going to do? We're taking three out of four. It's going to be, I think that we just came, we just came off of scoring one of the highest scoring things, if not the highest scoring series against the Red Sox. We took almost, it was a tough split versus the Cardinals. Like you said, I don't know what Wayne Wright's pregame meal was, but we just couldn't hit him. <laughs> we exploded off the Cardinals in game, game one. We're playing against the weakest team from the weakest division in all of baseball. Let's jump all over these guys. And it really starts with Yusei Kikuchi. And if we come out of the gates flying, I mean, if we win tonight, it could be a sweep. If we lose, I, I mean, we could split the series. I'm saying that we take three out of four, though, for sure. I think just the way we've been playing ball as of late, I think that we just keep rolling. And I said that in the episode around the All-Star break. I said second half will do well. And I think we're going to continue to do that. I don't think we faltered, uh, you know, not yet. Anyways, we're going to have a little hiccup before the end of this season, but it's not happening right now. Yeah. I think anything less than three out of four would be a disappointment against this team yep. with you. You say Kikuchi should set the tone for us. Right. I can see it that maybe we have like some of our low leverage guys, bullpen guys come up and they give up a few runs and maybe the Jays, you know, like Adam Wayne, right. We can only get five hits, six hits together, but we should win three out of this four games. So I'm excited for that too. I think I'm going to go to the game on Friday. So I'll check that out and looking forward to that. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Be sure to like, and subscribe to this channel on YouTube and give us a five-star review on Spotify and our other podcast plat uh, platforms. Trade deadline season is here, Riley. The playoff pushes on buckle up, man. This is the time of year to be a baseball fan where all eyes are on this team, especially now with what should be a big second half 
So Riley, you're ready to rock this shit for the second half here. Man, let's go. General managers don't disappoint us. And certainly players don't disappoint us. You've mm -hmm. done well so far this year. Yes, in a baseball season, we've had hiccups. And if we're tuning in this part of Vlad's movie, um, we're, we're getting to the really good part right now because it's been good. And now it's going to still, the climax is still going up. Uh, we're definitely not through with beating on teams yet. I think this carries in right to September and we're going to dog fight it out till the end, man. All right, good stuff. We'll be back um, on Sunday, probably Sunday or Monday, to discuss the Tiger series and any trades the Blue Jays have made between now and then. So we'll see you guys then. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys.